Okay, David. Um, I did something while I was watching The Shining. I recorded some voice notes of me experiencing <laughs> some things from The Shining because I am very scared of horror movies. So, okay, ready? Listen to this. She should have stabbed That's him in the valid. face. That's that valid. was not a good... When that little yeah. scratch on his hand, yeah. that was a lot. Um, or stuck the knife through his hand into the door so he couldn't... Yeah, there were a million things she yeah. could have done. I just thought that she was really bad at escaping. Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's... Mm. Damn. That chat. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? <laughs> Welcome to Aged Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about films and other popular culture that has potentially gone bad over time. You've forgotten about it in the fridge. It's been in there. It's been getting some mold. It doesn't smell very good anymore. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Paris Herbert-Taylor, and with me today is Mr. David Rogers. Hello, hello. Uh, David, what movie are we talking about today? We are talking about The Shining. (gasps) The Shining. Stanley Kubrick, 1980. Well, I can't wait to talk about it with you. I have some feelings. As you know, I am, if you don't know this about me, I am not a horror fan. And David was like, guess what? We're going to watch The Shining. And here we are. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. It's going to be a fun one. Let's go. Let's go. Um, David, I'm so excited because today we're talking about a movie that you chose, which I hated you for, which is... (laughs) The Shining, Stanley One. Kubrick film from 1980. Right. And on top of talking about this film, which I hate you for making me watch, <laughs> uh, we have a fantastic industry guest today. He joins us. His name is Justin Ulrich. Justin, hi. Hi, industry guest. That's me. Hey. That's you. What's up, man? How are we doing? Um, Justin... We're good. Right. We're drinking. Oh, you were going to go get a drink. We'll I fix that in a minute. We'll take right a little now. break. I don't know if you can oh, hear great. it. We're pouring some Buffalo no. Trace. They are paying mm. to say that. That stuff's good. Yeah, <laughs> You'll get that check in the mail. <laughs> you like that Buffalo Trace stuff. Yeah, Buffalo Trace is good. Yeah. Um, as I take a slug from my uh, <laughs> bullet. Um, so, Justin, for those of us that don't know you and haven't slept on your couch, which is me, I have slept <laughs> on this couch, um, who are you and what do you do and what's your background? Well, I'm Justin. I'm an assistant editor. Um, worked on, let's see, I think I got my break, as they say, on House of Cards as an assistant editor and just have kind of been trudging through ever since. Um, go back and forth between the visual effects department and editorial. So. Is that all you got? That's what I mean, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> tell us some of the. Yeah. Uh, you want some shows? Tell us some. Yeah, tell yeah. us some projects you've worked on. Okay, well, I did uh, assistant editing on House of Cards after I did visual effects on a season of House of Cards. I did visual effects on Homecoming. I worked a season of Pen15 um, as an assistant editor. Oh, nice. um, what else did I work on? Let's see. This year. Oh, I did visual effects editing as or uh, the visual effects assistant editing on Mr. Robot, which I'd which like to get into. Which was an amazing show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was fun. I yeah. think uh, Sam Esmail's The Kubrick of Our Time, so happy to talk about that. Ooh, um, that's a big, big statement. Uh, yeah, 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 it is, but I, I, uh, the man's a genius. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, this year worked on a independent movie, and then COVID hit, so uh, I'm working on mm-hmm. jobs here and there. Um, for those of us that don't know, including me, what does a visual effects editor do? 
so they're the uh, intermediary between editorial and visual effects. So that means anytime there's a visual effect shot, there's assets that need to be tracked. Um, say you are doing a green screen, you'd, you'd send over you know, the element you want behind the green screen, you'd want the, the plate um, sent over, which is the, the shot itself, and you get to keep track of everything in either a codebook or a spreadsheet and cut them back into the episode and sometimes show them to the director for approval. Sometimes the director doesn't care about most of the shots because uh, so many visual effect shots are uh, just completely unnoticeable. Uh, you'd never expect it to be a visual effect shot, but um, yeah, just hmm. keeping track of assets. I always joked that I got into entertainment to not stare at spreadsheets all day, and that's what I ended up doing for <laughs> the bulk of my 2019. <laughs> so it's, it's probably it. the least glamorous job in editorial, but it, it's fun. I liked it. People that don't know much about the entertainment industry need to know that a film can be made or broken in editorial, right? Like people don't necessarily give post the credit that it deserves, but so much of what you see on screen is like cut, you know, timing, like all of that shit is yeah. just like huge. But let's, let's talk about the movie that we're here to talk about today. And that is Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Justin, had you seen this movie before I told you this is what we were doing? I had. Uh, this is one of my favorite movies ever. Okay. This is going to be fun then. David, had you seen it before? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely seen this. This is why I saw Paris doesn't like scary movies. And I was <laughs> Everybody little, knows that. I was a little upset because she sent me a video the other day of her watching it, and it was like at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah. I was like, you can't watch this <laughs> no. during the day. Absolutely. It like, had to be during the day. At night, turn off all the lights, watch it by no. yourself. This is the first time I saw The Shining, and it's actually crazy because um, this movie is so iconic. Like, this is going to sound really stupid, but, like, I did not know that, like, you know, the Simpsons, like, has made fun of this. Like, the Shinnin. Uh, yeah, and the yeah, Shinin. when he's, like... <laughs> you don't want to get sued, boy. He's, like, driving his tricycle or whatever that little bike thing is around the corridors. And I was, like, I recognize this shot. Yeah. And, like, just so much iconic stuff. Like, the two creepy twins, the yeah. blood coming out of the elevator. Yeah. So, this was a new experience for me. And I have to say, I did Google spoilers before because I was really, really anxious about it. But I won't do that again. But you also won't make me watch, hopefully, too many scary well, movies. Well, that's the thing. Like, So for me, and I've done this since I was little, whatever, maybe call me a psycho or whatever. But I have always, come October, I like to get in the mood of like Halloween. So I will watch movies by myself in the dark, try to freak myself out. And just, just, you know, I like that edgy kind of something behind you. What's what's going on over there? Something in the closet type feeling just like, you know, elevate your senses. God, I said his name. My partner. (laughs) I try not to say his name because, you know, he's very replaceable, but the cat's out of the bag now. So Scott is uh, my partner and he thinks it's hilarious that I got freaked out in Stranger Things. Like to this day, (laughs) the part where like the the monster was like pushing against the wall and its fingers were coming out. I was like, I'm out. Like it just was like too tense. And David knows this. Cause we always talk about it. Like, I think the scariest things in movies is little kids. And this movie arguably has one of the freakiest little yeah. kids in it where he's like Tony and he's got this weird voice. Hello mommy. Yeah. I was in my mouth. Was goes to my stuff. Yeah. And then he moved. Yeah. I was like, mm, <laughs> don't like that, but let's jump into the movie. So I'm going to throw it to David first. Cause I did the last yeah, I'll do it. one. So you I'll have to do, do the synopsis, mm-hmm. break right. it down for people that don't know. So a guy who's um, former school teacher 
kind of like a writer that's not really getting any success takes a job in Colorado in their off season because all the snow comes down and it costs too much money to clear the roads. So someone's got to keep the boilers on at this big um, hotel. So him and his wife and his son go up to this hotel called Overlook and all these crazy scary type things start happening at this hotel he starts losing it like does he have cabin fever or not and then he tries to kill his wife and his son some things happen (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my god he did try to kill and then um you know spoiler alert the wife and son gets away and the dude is frozen in a maze um that's outside of the hotel that is a very accurate synopsis. Mm-hmm. Well done, David. I thought that was concise. Um, so, yeah, the theme is Age Like Milk. That's our podcast. So, Justin, I'm going to open it up to you. Was What was the thing in this movie that seems like it had aged when you rewatched it? That damn this carpet. I think that damn carpet throughout the entire <laughs> hotel has aged like milk. So, I think <laughs> did that's it offend? Did it offend your eyes? Uh, it was it very, very iconic. The, it's one of the most visually striking carpet pieces i think in any film which is a weird thing to say but i think we should celebrate the overlooks carpeting definitely you get that shot of uh danny playing cars on it exactly what i'm thinking of at that one point yeah yeah Yeah, i mean the whole aesthetic of the hotel was very even like in their apartment before they go up to the hotel like you got these like pastel colored walls like everything is very like 80s end of the 70s 80s like those bright prints Hurts the eyes. I agree. Good, good catch, Justin. Good yeah. first one to kick it off. Uh, yeah, there's even a line about the how much uh, Shelley Duvall likes the gold, and I think the the orange carpeting. And uh, they walk into yeah. the gold book ballroom right after. So it's not only like super eighties; it's unapologetically eighties, and I think celebrating <laughs> the styles internally. So, okay, so David, what was yes. the thing that stood out to you the most that aged like milk um, for this movie? Okay, so I would say, and it's kind of like a, you know, right in your face for me when I see this stuff, but the, the N-word, right? Oh, so see, obviously I anytime that. I see that, the N-word is going to be, it's going to, like, a little shock, not to me, shock value anymore, because yeah. I know a lot of those old movies, uh, they just throw it in sometimes, which I used to think when I was younger, like, why does that even need to be in there? Mm. Um, but so it's, it's kind of interesting, though, because I was looking at it, and I didn't catch this the first time I watched it. But when he has this interview, right, mm-hmm. um, they say that one of the f- uh, former innkeepers, right, um, was named Charles Grady, and he killed his daughters and his wife and okay. then killed himself, right? right? And that was in 1970. So when Jack goes to the ballroom and the party's going on, he gets spilt on, he goes in the bathroom, the guy says his name is Delbert Grady. Right. Yes. Yeah, for some reason, I thought they were the same. I got no, confused. I, I thought so too when I first saw it. But um, reading into it, that that dude, because that party is like kind of based in the 1920s, and actually Stanley Kubrick's daughter is one of the ladies smoking in there, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. Vivian. Yeah. So this guy's name's Delbert Grady, and yeah, he's just dropping the n bomb. So he says that Danny has this very special gift, and that he's trying to. Um, undermine Jack and what he's trying to do up there. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, he's bringing up uh, an N-word, the N-word cook. And oh, I, it was kind of interesting to me because Jack's character, he says it. He's like, uh, N-word cook? 
or he's like, uh, sorry, he goes, an N-word? And he, you know what I mean? He's like, question it. And he, even like, I watched it a few times this week and he seems so uncomfortable, even mm. just the character saying it. So I'm just like, you know, is he, is that, is Jack's character, okay, kind of racist or is he just right. like repeating it? But it is super interesting that um, some of the stuff I saw was kind of like reincarnation so that Charles Grady might've been an ancestor of Delbert Grady, who was in the bathroom, right. he was the one saying that. So he was saying, like, I corrected my daughters. And then Jack's character's like, yeah, but my wife's interfering. And he's like, yeah, mine did try to, or try to too. And I corrected her, and then I corrected my daughters. Wow, and I missed all of that while yeah. I was hiding in my kitchen watching this. <laughs> so that was, like, in the bathroom. But then I think um, we discussed a little bit uh, before we started recording, but you're saying that he was in that picture. Yeah, right? So in, it, and then at the very end, it, like it's this long push-in camera shot. And again, sorry, spoilers, but you've had 40 years to watch it. And it says 1921, and Jack Nicholson is front and center. Yeah, like so that was kind of a mind party. fuck because it's like... So there's a couple of theories that either the house took him after he died, oh, right? Or or like just, just like with this Charles Grady and Delbert Grady, that Jack was, because Delbert Grady in the bathroom so it's said, a cycle. said that he's always been the innkeeper. Okay, but... And that he's reincarnated. But and then, he... Well, okay, no, but could he be reincarnated? Because the previous murder was 10 years before in 1970, and now it's 1980. 80, yeah. So are you saying the spirit, like, embodied him? No, no, no. So Charles... That's two different characters. Charles, oh. Charles Grady, the innkeeper before Jack got there, what killed his family, and that's Delbert, the guy in the bathrooms oh, so, like okay. that could be they those two could be related right because jack or sorry delbert was in 1920 right when that picture was taken right. 1921 right and that's how you see all the people in the ballroom and mm -hmm. like the 1920s clothing so like those two could be related or he was re like charles was reincarnated 50 years later and or right. whatever and brought back so like some of the theories are like this house is pulling people to keep this um cycle of violence Death. this and exactly then you going. were mentioning and we just took a little break to get another drink because we're alcos <laughs> um you were saying that you actually picked up on this like idea of genocide throughout the film yep and so there's um there's like a ton of theories and I, I wish I would have watched this before but there's like a documentary called room 237 and that goes into like some of the the, the theories behind this film but there's also um this theory of like the psychiatrist carl young and like stanley kubrick put a bunch of stuff throughout this film having to do with that and one of them was genocide so that the mm. overlook hotel was built on you know native americans uh land there was a lot of native american the, motifs i noticed exactly. throughout the production design yeah, yeah that, so that a lot of the stuff through there jack throwing the ball up against the i think it was hopi art on the on the wall just totally oh, disrespecting. Wall. Oh, interesting and, yeah. yeah totally disrespecting. yeah and then also there's a picture when he goes into the interview um and it's like this lady and some of those i don't know if you guys notice this some of these pictures throughout are just like uh like a feminine, you know, Halloran had two pictures of like oh, women with their boobs out. I noticed. Well, in the version I watched, it was blood. Did you guys get oh, nipples? Wow. I got nips. I oh, I got. I, I paid for HD. I was watching it. You <laughs> know what? I, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching it on YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. Thanks, Wes, for logging into my your YouTube on my computer a while back. <laughs> I still have access. But I mean, so that was also weird. I had ads yeah. in, when I watched it. Oh, I watched it. Kind of like uh, if I was watching it on TV. Oh, man, see, we, I think we can just write this stuff off now that we have a podcast. So just, <sighs> it was like four bucks on Amazon. And I'm poor. Saw, I have no you, job right now. You get to see Everyone boobs. Otherwise, we can we can watch these together. Okay, but I'm scared because then you'll be me. like annoyed at me when I'm just like hiding. Like yeah, but I'll be on the couch <laughs> and you'll be in the kitchen. 
it'll be fine yeah that's what i do justin that's my go-to move when i'm scared i just like watch it from the kitchen <laughs> scott See, filmed the me the other day and... i know nothing can get behind me on the couch if i'm in the kitchen who, yeah. who knows what could come out oh what cupboard. my couch is like completely got so much space yeah, behind it i like time. to be in the light i'm like okay like what? What's the the fridge is gonna protect you? Yeah, I can like duck. I've seen ghostbusters. Like, I've seen ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, For I sure. love I love that you caught that, David, because I feel terrible. Like I did not catch that, and I think that's a really fascinating theory. But to that, if this like Carl uh, Young theory is correct, that um, like it's about like the mother or something like that. So all these women, these pictures oh. throughout the throughout the movie, yeah, of like the, it's called the great mother and that's he did a lot of his research on that um like you know through his psychiatry. So I I got to I'm going to dive more into this stuff, but there's a ton that's in this film. Interesting. Yeah. Um I completely missed that. I I don't know how, but um so I thought that age. <laughs> yeah, obviously it did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no again, spoilers, but like this movie has came out th- 40 years ago holy yeah. shit yeah. Well, and it's about um, ghosts from the 1800s haunting and it'll, I mean this yeah. is how people spoke back in the day well I mean. but no but also at the end like again huge spoiler and I'm jumping way ahead but like it go they go into the hotel there's this like long push shot and it goes into this photo and Jack Nicholson is standing in the front of this photo and it's like 1920 21 July yeah. 4th party so Obviously, in 1921, people were extremely racist, and yeah. a segregation was huge. So, so also uh, one of the scenes when he's talking to the bartender, right when he gets spilt on by Delbert Grady, um, that's all people that you know, like in 1920s. If you look at their dress, um, their dresses, yeah, their dress. And Stanley Kubrick's daughter was in one of those shots. She's smoking a cigarette oh, in that I've scene. Seen Kubrick. Yeah. Yep. And um, so that's kind of why they're trying to call it back. So there's one of the theories is that. Jack actually, and then Delbert Grady even says in the bathroom, "You've always been, um, you know, like the, the, the host here." Or yeah. The, the what? What's his job called? Yeah. Like the winter groundskeeper. Yeah, yeah. You've always been whatever, and so that's like a theory that you know he was reincarnated and that he's always been part of the hotel and like it called him back. Um, so it's yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. The two things that you guys brought up, I will say, I feel like I bring this up every podcast. Um, what age for milk like me was like pretty much one of the opening shots. She's like smoking a cigarette over her child. And then like all the way through, she's like smoking <laughs> over the meals. And I'm just like, who does that anymore? I mean, there probably are people that do that, but it's certainly something that like, I'm always like, is this when you need to be smoking right yeah, now? While you're cooking your food. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. Go ahead, Justin. I was just speaking of the opening of the movie, those those damn bright blue letters over water as we're flying <sighs> to the overlook that I think also yeah. really, uh, aged like And that music. Yeah. I honestly the opening was so long. I was like, what is happening oh, here? Oh see, I kinda like those you longer like especially in a thriller like kind of movie when you're just like, All right, let's settle in. <laughs> exactly. This is gonna get weird. Yeah. If like, it can indulge a little bit without feeling pretentious and still manage to scare the hell out of you in the second half, I'm I'm all on board. Very well I, put. I did think one of the things that aged like milk was when the kid was like standing up in the car. I'm like, put, put your seatbelt on. We're going up like a windy road. <laughs> oh, and it's also it's like, screen. don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but, but also it's like, he's like, what did it? Like he's talking to his parents. Like, cause there is no, you know, like modern cars these days, yeah. like you could listen to a podcast or something or, um, Watch maybe like, movie, maybe like age like milk if you're into it, yeah. you know? Um, or good, good plug. yeah, you could have, yeah you could have a screen or the kid would be like engrossed in like an iPad. But this yeah, but, yeah. kid was like, what yeah. are we doing? And what were they talking about? 
Ooh. Remember? They were talking about oh, cannibalism. Oh, you mean they, the Donna Party. You mean they ate each other up? Don't worry. That was a crooked line television. that Danny said. Yeah. Oh, we saw it on the television. Um, <laughs> okay, well, we, <laughs> Nicholson in this movie was utterly terrifying. Yeah. That man's eyebrows should have gotten all the praise. Exactly. Because he was a terrifying human. But I will say uh, something that I read about this, and Dave and I were talking a little bit before we started recording, is that um, obviously this is based off a book. And Stephen King was not a fan of this adaptation. No, Did you... I've read the book and I, I can tell you why that ah. is. Um, there's it, the, the book deals. I mean, the book is a ghost story and, and, and ghost stories are about people's past pasts haunting them primarily. That's, you know, what you get out of a ghost story. It's it, I, I, I always feel like up to the halfway point, the ghosts in any ghost story are terrifying. And then you find out, oh, it's the it's the lighthouse keeper's daughter, and she just wants her stuffed bunny, and we have to leave it out at night, and right. she'll move on. But um, yeah. this is alcoholism as this ghost, and uh, it's what something Stephen King has dealt with uh, addiction. And yeah. in the book, it's a huge theme, but in the movie, it's just completely abandoned. Um, well, so, I well, mean, Jack completely. is. Yeah, yeah. But just you know, downplay. He, he was an alcoholic. And the other thing is, but, they, they didn't blow up the Overlook in the uh, in the movie. He fixed that in the movie. But the they did in Doctor Strange. They did in Doctor I Strange. Seen, I have not. Yeah. You and McGregor plays the yeah. lead, plays the Tony character, not the Tony character. Danny, Danny, the actor that Danny. plays Danny, has a little cameo in that movie. Oh. I guess yeah. So one of our friends uh, was saying that earlier today. I didn't think he was Danny was in that, but I guess he was. Yeah, he's got like one line in the baseball stands. He so- says something about like the uh, Jacob Tremblay's character about how he can always see with a pitch. Did I say Doctor Strange? I meant Doctor Sleep. Doctor like Sleep. Yeah, yeah. You, Doctor me- Sleep. you messed up, you idiot. I'm <laughs> gotta take it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll go again. We'll Back go again. It up. redo. We'll start it over. But um, okay, yes. Yeah, so Stephen King did not enjoy this adaptation. Uh, and I read that one of his greatest um, problems with it was that it was quite misogynistic. And uh, Wendy's character is very fraught in this movie. She screams. It's yeah. Shelley Duvall, incredible actress. I thought she did such an amazing job. But she is just like screaming the whole time. And, and uh, you know, I just have some facts here that I looked up. Um, they shot for 13 months. And she was like on set 12 hours a day, five to six days a week crying screaming running and um that baseball scene in particular like where he's coming through the uh i think it's when she's when she's when he's walking up the stairs uh, chasing her or like talking to I her i have to look up which swinging one. the baseball yes that one yeah. he made her kubrick made shelly duvall do that 127 times it's actually in the guinness world book of records oh, because wow. it's one of the takes that like and she just got more and more exhausted and the crew was annoyed and it's just like i bet 127 but, times um something i read about stephen king even, like they went they strayed far from the book kubrick did but he did say that he set out to make the scariest horror movie of all time and you know a lot of people would agree that's what that he ended up with right with this yeah, I mean, stephen king said that like even though movies, he took he what other movies from that era are are we talking about you know there's about five so I'd exactly totally yes. success so I feel like he did his thing, even though it took 120 takes. And then some people, when I was reading too, that that Shelley has the the best on-screen performance in film of um, playing terrified ever, right? Line that line her up with any other um, you know horror movie, thriller movie of 
somebody being terrified like she'll she'll top but it's off. honestly because she was like terrified like what well, i read is like he just like he yeah. like mentally <laughs> abused her and emotionally yeah. abused her like kubrick was not good to shelly duvall and like just he would basically the crew not talk to her and yeah and like don't pity shelly like it was a quote because so, vivian his daughter actually was allowed to make a documentary about this okay and uh it's called the making of the shining i haven't seen it but I was reading some quotes from it and it said, yeah, there's one part where you can overhear him saying, um, nobody feel bad for Shelly or something like that. And like this, yeah, that woman for 13 months was exhausted. I'm sure like running, screaming, crying. Yeah. I don't and think, yeah, you probably couldn't do that these days. And Nicholson's no. not easy to work with either <laughs> from what I've understood. So I think to be in that yeah. uh, circumstance with another actor, that's probably being terrible to you. Yeah. I mean, left us with the performance we got. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like whatever it came through. But um, to me, that's something that's, that aids like milk, too, with uh, Shelly protecting Jack and his alcoholism and being mm-hmm. b- dislocating Danny's shoulder. Oh, the abuse is very much yeah. grazed over. Like when the um, the doctor comes to the house when uh, Danny faints. Yeah, he has that. Yep. And she's like, yeah, he got his shoulder, you know. Well, she's, she's sitting there and it's just like, all right, she's easing it out and she's just like, oh, it wasn't that bad and he hasn't drank in five months. And Yeah, five it, months any, is not a long time. It could happen to anybody, you know, just grabbing a kid, moving him around. And she's just kind of, yeah. To some of the notes I took as well, um, this has a lot of themes of genocide mm-hmm. um, throughout the history. Indian his, burial yeah, grounds, yeah. So he says. That, yeah. like, it was built on an Indian burial ground. All these people are dying, and it's bringing up like their past yeah. and all their negativity. Well, no, I mean, I think, yeah, we've talked about some really good stuff. Like, well, we've, like, you and I have, like, chatted about it. And um, I think it's really interesting to delve deeper this movie is so iconic um it's obviously like nothing that the three of us come up with is going to be like a fresh take there's literally nothing new to talk about with this movie it's wonderful right it's been done to death Um, since 1981 (laughs) i mean but it is interesting now like obviously like the thing that we that is unique to us is that we are watching it through the 2020 lens because it's funny like i was watching it i'm like hey man that would be like a really good place to like hide out for the pandemic like look at that place you know what i mean until until the house starts fucking. Well, until things. like the blood comes out of like the yeah. elevator, and then well, at least I didn't realize. To talk to. Right, <laughs> and like free drinks at, at the bar. Quarantine movie. I mean, seriously. I. So what I, did you think the blood was for? Oh, what did I think the blood was for? Well, yeah. okay. Can I just say this, you guys? That shot is so iconic. I was so shocked that it happens. 12 minutes and 37 seconds in <laughs> I, for some reason I thought that this was like a big climactic because it's it's a very like iconic thing so that for those that haven't seen it and like I hate horror movies but I would say that you can probably handle this even if you hate horror movies it's very it's more of a psychological thriller I would say like especially in 2020 when we've got like post saw and like these really gory movies that i will not watch you will not make me i will just slasher films i'm not gonna do it well yeah i mean there's Um, such a difference between i think we have two wings of horror where we've got the the shining type movies that are not horror films ultimately they're they're scary movies made by talented directors and you've got the annabelle creation that are one and done horror movie jump scare nonsense and there was just this era where every filmmaker wanted to do a scary movie after the shining or i guess after the exorcist but no, no, that's what I was going to say. It was like everything that I've seen that like alludes to The Shining and this scene where the elevator doors open and this like, did you look up how much, how many gallons of blood? That they used now. I should look it up right yeah. now. 
they basically use this like so this blood like comes out of the elevator and it's just so iconic it like sloshes around and I for some reason I just thought that was like the end of the movie like when I've seen like snippets (laughs) of it so I was shocked as a first-time viewer to see it like kind of happening in the beginning because they weave that through because Danny's see Danny has the shinin because we don't want to get sued (laughs) Danny has the shining (laughs) shout out to the Simpsons for the Halloween special um but he sees that early on right because um He's Tony's like, do you or he's like, do you think dad got the job? He's like, he already did. He's going to call soon. And, you know, that's open. That's like one of the first couple of scenes. And then, yeah, he sees that and he's like, oh, so do you want to know how many gallons of blood it was? Can you guys? OK, Justin, just, what's your guess? I, I just looked it up. So I, I'm, I'm in. Fuck partial. you. Right, I'll guess. I'll guess. Bias, whatever. Gallons. All right. Not I'm going to say I'm going to say. Do you know what a gallon is? Is that an American I, term? Yeah, we saw. Yeah. How many liters is it? No, I'm not doing liters. I'll do gallons. All right. I'm going to say twenty eight thousand gallons. You were very close. Two thousand nine hundred and twenty eight. Oh, I wasn't close at all. Oh, wait, you said twenty. Oh, my bad. I thought you meant like twenty eight hundred. Yeah. I found a great I found a great quote from Leon Vitali. That was Kubrick's longtime assistant. Uh, We spent weeks and weeks trying to get the quality of the blood as natural as it could be. Uh, the consistency was also quite important because we were pouring out hundreds of gallons of the stuff. And then, of course, there were the mechanics of it, because if you have that much pressure inside something like an elevator, it's going to blow if you're not careful. I tell you, it worked in a way we never thought it would work. It was such a violent volume of this red liquid coming at you. Those of us who were in there thought, my God, we're going to drown. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. That's wild. Um, yeah, that scene was super iconic. And I, I guess what I thought it was about was the the amount of like murders that had taken place in the hotel. Like I thought it was kind of insinuating like mm-hmm. all the bloodshed on the ground. And then like, I didn't even roaming the hallways at night. Yeah. The genocide as but well. I didn't even think of was that a theory. Yeah. So like all the people that passed and then the video I watched on that, why that theory is around he's, um he also connected it to full metal jacket, which is the movie he shot mm-hmm. after this, I believe. And there were some things about genocide throughout that film as well. So it's it's pretty interesting, especially, you know, taking on <laughs> if, if people are killed on that land. So I actually um, worked with the editor of Full Metal Jacket on the movie oh, I worked on this year. Just um, a name yeah. drop. Yeah, I have a little little story here. I part of the, you know, Please. was part of the assistant editing toolkit. Every assistant editor has their, their temporary score that you use to, to drop in. So it's just score from movies all over. Um, I think I've got 100 or so in there. And one of the pieces I picked up was uh, the Shining rejected score. And I imported this into our movie this year. And I get a knock on my door and it's my editor. And he says, "Uh, what's this Shining rejected score? And I said, oh, I don't know. I picked it up from some show I worked on. I don't remember where. And he said, well, I was the music editor on The Shining and there was no rejected score. So I just want to know the story on what this is. (laughs) So I still don't know. Um, But yeah, he he went on after (laughs) The Shining to cut Full Metal Jacket. For Kubrick. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a couple things that I wrote on my list. I'm just gonna rapid fire them at you and then I'm gonna let you guys I'll hit the buzzer. Did you guys think it was weird that he had this invisible friend? Like Well, depending I mean, how old was this kid? And I, I like wanna know, six, did Danny right? Yeah, so you know, the, you know, invisible friend and that's how he's coping with well, obviously she doesn't know he's got the shit. If my kid was using his finger as a secret like invisible friend and he seems to know things and he tells tells me that his friend lives in his mouth or in his stomach i would be at the child psychologist like yesterday 
But I mean, maybe maybe that's not his first time going to the psychologist, and that's kind of. But then what she says, then the doctor says, "When did his invisible friend oh, show yeah, up?" Yeah, and true, she's true, like, true. "After my husband fucking yanked okay his shoulder show. out." But maybe you know she was just letting it rock for a little bit because it's only been five months since he stopped drinking. So, right. So it's only been five months since he had the imaginary friend. I know, but I'm just like I feel like a parent now would be like, "We are going to group therapy." Medicate the child. Yeah. I had another thing. When they get to the hotel, the family gets to the hotel and they're showing them around. And he's like, will you take Mrs. Torrance to the kitchen? And I was like, okay, gender stereotypes. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Like my partner does most of the cooking in our house because he's just a better cook. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, and oh, then yeah. when they go to the pantry, um, I just, it was so funny. This, I don't know why this is so stupid. You, maybe you guys eat this all the time and you're like, what the fuck Paris? Um, one of the cans was like minced clams Ugh. and i was like who's eating that yeah. but like yeah. minced clams please yeah, get out of my right. life when was the last time you're like you know what i am fucking craving right now you know what that salad some needs minced, some yeah. minced clams is that salty i imagine it is <laughs> like i can't even think yeah it's gotta be um those are my random things that i said so i was thinking about this do you think the house is racist or and playing into jack's racism when you know when they're saying that dropping n bombs, or do you think, you know, Jack was racist and the house was highlighting that? Oh, that's I think a great it was question. the eighties and everybody was racist. <laughs> it was just the eighties. The house was highlighting the eighties. I think that you might be right. I think the house might have been its own character, not the house. It's a fucking hotel. Well, that's what Halloran well, says. Like some places have the shining. Yeah, right. so the, shining, the Overlook is a place that shines, and Dr. Exactly, Sleep goes yeah. into this a lot more, but it draws mm-hmm. people who shine and like keeps them there forever to kind of gain power. Uh, because there is one part, there yeah. is one part where, you know, Wendy's character, uh, uh, Shelley Duvall, played, who's playing Wendy, is like, we got to get out of here, and Jack Nicholson's character is like, devast- he's like, you want me to leave and it's like he can't yeah like he yeah. doesn't want to leave like there's a draw for him to this building and he says he felt like he's been there before yeah and he's and he's and then he had that dream um where he killed her uh, wendy and his son when oh. he, she wakes him up when he's tight yeah. when he's by his typewriter dude we have so. uh we have not talked about one scene that i have never seen any uh any like spoofs in the simpsons of when he goes into the bathroom and he sees the sexy naked lady, and then she's like, "Gross corpse." Yeah, but hold, like back up. So to start that, so here I had this note too. So, <laughs> all right. So your kid, so your significant other comes in. And is like, "Yo, somebody, my son's all banged somebody up." Somebody on the fourth floor just said they got you know jumped our little boy by some girl in room two three seven. Go handle that. And then they go up there. And the chick hops out the tub and you just start making out with her. Yeah. Also, I didn't see the nips in that. It was all covered over. Did oh, you see oh, I saw vagina? Full, I saw full bush. And oh, you did? It's the 80s, baby. I got all just like blurred out because it was YouTube. No, I got, YouTube I got video. bush and boobs. Well, that's the thing is that the hotel is possessing Jack. So he's not in his right mind for the last half of the movie. I feel like at the hour mark, he's gone. He's gone. So what do you think it was? Do you think it was cabin fever? And um, sleep no, I, deprivation. I, I mean, in the book, or, it's, I think it's, it's the a little, or a little bit of both. The hotel's alive. It's, it's yeah. the hotel is it's itself a ghost. So even at um, she, or Wendy's starting to see stuff when she sees that dog costume guy going down <laughs> on the other oh dude. Oh my god, <laughs> that was yeah. so random. So, 
When saw I saw the dog him. thing, I just honestly, at that point, I was like, I'm ready for this movie to be over. It's two and a half hours long. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's so I was funny. so annoyed. Like we were just, before we started recording, um, David was showing me a video and we were like just talking about the part where she's like trying to get out the window. Like, okay, that's such an iconic scene. But I was, we were just like joking. He's like, yeah, why didn't she just rip the window off? I'm like, why did she scratch him on the hand with a knife? She should have stabbed him in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah. Like, or grab the as it came through the door. She's got a slash. Because it wasn't on the script. Because it wasn't. Shelly's not allowed to have any redemption because she's yeah. just Wendy. a hopeless woman. Sorry, Wendy. I am really glad I watched this movie. I think it's fascinating. I think Kubrick was a fantastic director. It sounds like he was a nightmare person to work with. It's funny. I feel like this film is really polarizing. Some people really, really hate it. Like I actually was telling someone that this was the movie we're going to do. And they were like, I hate that movie. That's like my least favorite movie from the eighties. I'm like, and after watching it, I will say like, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Uh, Takes that. Um, well, we're getting towards the end of the podcast. Did either of you have anything else that you thought aged like milk? Um, well, Shelley Duvall's (laughs) career uh, it's really sad. Oh, Justin. I mean, she, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> we were talking earlier about how she, she, you know, had, had every door open to her and, and she's now senior citizen suffering from elder abuse. And, uh, she is, she's, she's homeless. It's, it's incredibly sad. Oh my God. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah, I think her, her story is, is one of the, the saddest stories of any Hollywood career. Cause of I mean, Hollywood. she's homeless. That's she, she's living with her. Yeah. Her, her, residuals ran out i guess or she, she's not making any money and yeah she was on dr phil in 2016 a really controversial oh, interview I, I saw that well dr phil I mean, my own opinion but i read that she had ptsd from this movie which because like that's obviously completely understandable she was worked mm-hmm. to the bone for 13 hours like mentally abused the crew was told not to you know talk to her and pity her and all this stuff like so that age like milk so this is a part of the podcast where we pick someone from the crew you know, making a film is a collaborative effort and we need to acknowledge the contributions of everybody. So I'm going to go first today and I chose Melina Cannonero. Was that who you were going to pick? No, I was literally sweating. Okay. Like, okay no, yeah. Well, okay. So mine. I, oh, no, that's why I was like, I'm going first today. <laughs> so Melina was the um, costume designer and I thought speaking specifically of Shelley Duval. I thought every single one of her looks was so iconic from the apartment where she's wearing this like red and blue dress and red stockings all the way through. Like when she's wearing like this, like kind of doubt, she wears this like dowdy, like skirt, uh, everything, like the scene with the, with the ax coming through the door. Like I feel like, yeah, the bibs. Like if I had never watched this movie and you'd showed me pictures from the costumes, I probably would have been able to guess like even Jack's like, you know, lumberjack kind of like outfit. I think she just did an amazing job. She is an Academy Award winner. She's just the best. And I thought she did so fucking great in this. And I think that the costumes were such a huge part of this. David, who did you have? I'm going with uh, Barbara Daly. Who is Barbara? Makeup department. Mm. Like we talked about, that lady in 237 went from gorgeous, looking like a Swedish model, right? Into some cackling lady with her skin right. kind of bubbling and it was, two, it was two different actors though, you know that, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I was like, well... They actually waited They actually waited that 13 months for her to age yeah, like that. Yeah, I thought so. Um, she just, just went through 13 diet. months of being treated horribly by Kubrick and that was the exactly. end result. <laughs> yeah. So the Shelley Duvall diet. Makeup artist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
just a lot of burgers and corn dogs, and that's what <laughs> happens. Um, but she also worked on Clockwork Orange, uh, previous oh. to The Shining. Yep. Um, and just, I mean, man, that dude with his head split. Um, yeah. The the twins, all that stuff. Oh, so. that was another thing, though, from the costumes. Those twins' outfits were so iconic, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, if oh, I put on a little dress like that and held someone's hand, someone's you'd be like, like oh, oh, I shiny. know what that is. Yeah. yeah. Get the fuck away. So, Sorry. I mean... <laughs> Get the fuck away from me, you fucking weird twin. But I'm saying, but no, Barb is the truth. But da- like Barb Daly, so love what you did. Shout out to Barbara Daly. Um, Barb. The the makeup on this uh, film was amazing. Yes. Okay, Justin, who's your person? So this is a little cliche, but I'm going to give a shout out to the cinematographer John Alcott. Um, this nice. movie brought us. A lot of people think this was the first use of the Steadicam, and it's not. It's the fifth i think rocky was one of the first major movies to use a steadicam and that came out a couple years before this but um this movie pioneered the top weighted steadicam so that means the camera is typically on top of a steadicam rig with the weights on the bottom and for this film they Mm -hmm. inverted that so the weights are on top and the camera's on the bottom so i'm thinking this guy's got to learn how to use this brand new piece of technology in a on a kubrick film and I think it, it the end result was some of the most iconic low-angled shots emulated today. Totally. More than anything. The fact that this is pioneering on top of, like, being such an iconic movie, like, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, I don't want to like Kubrick because I do truly think that he was a misogynist and, like, really diminished the character of Wendy and, like, treated Shelley like shit. Was he a misogynist or was he just an asshole? He's or an all asshole, around? I think. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Is if he's treating men and women well, the same way, you're just an mm, asshole kid. On that <laughs> note, we got to say whether or not we thought this movie aged like milk. David, what yes. do you think? I'm going to say I don't think it aged like <gasps> milk. Say what? And that's because... Uh, I and it's 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 hard for me. I feel like I should be more offended by the N word, but as one of my cousins told me a few years back, like, you know, and I've been called this before, and I've gotten in fights over it, right? But like, dude, like, why do you give a fuck? Somebody called you a word, like you're giving them power. You know what I mean? So why would you Ooh, let it? That's aff- a whole. Story. But it's it's to me. I mean, this is coming from like you know another black man saying like, yeah, you can call me that, and I'll laugh at him, right? Because you're giving somebody else power over just a word that they called you. You know what I mean? So I I just don't think and that kind of spoke to me as okay. like a black man, right? So, um, but you're I, just that's just one piece of the that's film. just one piece of the film. So that's what I'm saying. So and I do I fuck with this movie hard. Like I love this movie. <laughs> like I was listening to the intro song on the walk over here just to kind of get in this mood, and I just love everything about this. And now that I like deep dive like nerded out uh, you know what i mean i i got a ton of stuff that i want to look more into this but i love this movie it's a scary movie and this might be like top three for me i gotta oh, figure wow. out as far as scary movies oh okay i was yeah. like top three and i too. love october i love halloween i love getting scared and i think this movie does it for me yeah okay well besides the n-word you, you didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, directors, writers, stop throwing the N-word in just yeah. for no reason. Please and thanks. You don't need it. Um, Justin, what do you think? Uh, well, I was reading about a cheese that was just auctioned off in Wisconsin after being aged for 40 years. Um, do you know that that's where David's from? Did you know that? I, I did or not. Is that like a I'm co- from Michigan. <gasps> that's why we're uh, we have this natural oh. Westerner chemistry. 
I was going to say, uh, this yeah. unconscious uh, <laughs> mindset that we have that we're tapped into. <laughs> but uh, no, I think this movie's aged like a fine cheese you would buy at an auction. Think, uh, oh, I see. see you I like are adding that. a new one, see? so it's an, it's not an age like milk; it's an age like cheese. <laughs> but Justin, yeah, just elaborate on it a little more. So you think this age like a fine cheese that'd be sold at auction? Why? Yeah, yeah, because I think this is a movie, and I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but like having worked on a Sam Esmail production, you see all sorts of techniques uh, coined by Kubrick back in the day, emulated today, and I think this is the granddaddy of every horror movie we appreciate today just you have people kind of looking to kubrick for guidance and this film kicked off a genre and i i I, minus the n-word that's the mold on the on the cheddar that we're selling at this auction (laughs) you have Uh, to cut around that you just have to cut cut around it to eat it plug your ears (laughs) uh i think this it's it's a fine cheese (laughs) um well so we had not aged like milk what say what say you paris I'm going to say this movie aged like milk. Okay. I'm sorry. I think this is the milk that you look in the back of the fridge and it's like way aged. You're in, like, when did this go off? And in then, regards to what? I just think this movie is the 80s. You know, like if from top to bottom, like I think the point of saying like something has aged like milk is just like you look at it and you're like, this is gone off. And I think this movie has gone off. Whether it's the N-word, whether it's the abuse, whether it's the way that women were portrayed, maybe it's a little bit I'm biased and I shouldn't have researched like the Stanley Kubrick treatment of Shelley Duvall. But like, I just think this movie, I mean, I'm not saying I think the movie's bad. I think it's an incredible piece of cinema and I can understand how, but you know, like the same thing is like, I understand how minced clams was a thing on the shelf. I understand (laughs) that it existed. I will not be partaking. I think that's gone bad. Yeah. But I understand why it existed at the time but like would i pour this on my cornflakes absolutely not it's gone off i i think from top to bottom like from a young jack nicholson who was not sexy in this movie at all what because he has a receding hairline (laughs) yeah because he has a what like can we normalize receding hairlines and bald men the bald guy (laughs) i feel like jack nicholson used to fuck like i feel like he got the ladies he still fucks you think he still fucks oh yeah oh yeah you still fucks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I think this movie aged like milk. I think this movie is like, yeah, this movie has like fur on it in the back where you're like, mm, no. I, are you, would you say this is the most animated you've been on our podcast? This might be the aging? most drunk I've been. No, well, Justin, we super appreciate having you on the podcast. Um, how can people find you if they want to see like your work or connect with you? Uh, they can. I'm off social media, so. <laughs> oh, is that because you saw like a certain documentary that was like, get off social media? It's gonna part part you. of that part of I'm trying to tr- eventually transition from assistant editing to editing, and that takes a lot of focus and uh, Didn't want expert in your crafts. And I, I I found especially in quarantine, the year of the quarantine, I was spending way too much time in political discussions on Facebook that went nowhere. So, so, Justin. Okay, so you're not on social media, so fuck that um but there are a lot of people out there who are interested in possibly getting into editing what are some resources that you can recommend for someone who like hasn't had any experience and wants to dive into the exciting world of post-production well i think there are two routes to editing i think there's the route i'm taking which is career assisting and then hoping to find someone to take you under their wing and kind of bring you up as an editor um and to do that i 
signed up for these classes that I'll plug any day of the week called Master the Workflow. Um, it covers every single thing that you'll ever need to know about assistant editing. And that's done by a guy I know, uh, Richard Sanchez. You can go to MasterTheWorkflow.com. It's a bit pricey, but I'm telling you, it is a game changer in trying to be an assist. And if you just want to learn how to cut, just start cutting. Just find people that are shooting things and cut, no budget, whatever you can, and try to build yourself up as an editor. I know a lot of people that have worked out that way. Awesome. That's what's up, man. Um, well, thanks for coming on, Justin. We super appreciate you. Uh yeah, it's so great to do this podcast and like connect with people in our industry. Like we said, making a movie is not just the actors on the screen, obviously, or the director. It's people like you behind the scenes, putting things together, doing the workflow. Um, so we feel really grateful to know you and to have you talk about this movie, which you love with us. Anytime. So um, do you know what we say at the end of the podcast, David? Do you remember? I don't remember my Fuck, line. It says it all the I say, check your fridge. Make sure it's not spoiled. Because gross milk is gross. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Follow us on Instagram, Age Like Milk Podcast. And Twitter now. We have Twitter now. We David's going David's to gonna take over that because I'm not going to Twitter. Hey. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. I'm like kind of drunk right now. Yeah, I need me too. Two more drinks at least. Okay. <laughs> We're rounding it out over here. Um not in a sexual way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sex, sex joke? No, I, 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 want, I still want Justin to Gonna finish. Gonna keep that. I want him to finish too. I want also everyone to sex, finish. Also a sex joke. Everyone should get to finish. Also okay.